Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast and thank you for joining us for another episode. We hope you enjoy it and that you learn something of value that can be taken into your everyday life. Please give us a five-star review and any feedback sent to ya at championschurch.org.uk. Welcome to another episode of the Young Adult Podcast. My name's Ash and I'm here with a very smiley, he's beaming, Caleb Birchall. Caleb, how are you? I'm... As you can tell, very excited. <laughs> How are you, Ash? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. I had a very carb-heavy lunch, and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be sleeping. Beautiful. But actually, I'm energising. Here we go. Come on. And how are the young adult community out there tonight? Come on. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. The hundreds in the building. The thousands. See. They can't see this. It's fine. <laughs> no, brilliant. Thank you, guys, for attending the Young Adult Podcast. So today, me and Caleb, we're going to be talking about burnout. And, you know, there's going to be various different interpretations of what burnout means. Um, but being as you have the mic, Caleb B, what does yeah. burnout mean to you? If I just said, we're doing a podcast on burnout, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, I think if you've reached a stage of feeling burnt out, you, you probably feel like I've overdone it uh, and I need to make some... Well, probably I need to I need to pause <laughs> for however long that may be, and then and then I need to make some readjustments to ensure that I can go again and not burn out again. There we go. Do you think you would feel yourself if you were burnt out? Um, I think it's probably a combination of knowing internally something doesn't feel right, but then I also think. There are times when it requires somebody else who knows you to kind of go, hey, is everything okay? That's good, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't seem your normal self. You look tired. You know, those kind of things. And so I think there are there are probably signs of unrest that you're aware of. But, but it, it's also something I think other people can call out in you. There we go. Straight from the dictionary. There we go. <laughs> so the first point that I want to uh, call out, so me and Caleb like, had a chat. We've got some like shared notes that we pulled together before uh, we came tonight, so we did do a little bit of preparation. You'll be glad to know. Well done. So um, do, you, do you think there's a, a pressure or like it, it symbolises something if you are always really busy? You know, If you're up at the crack of dawn getting to bed really late, if you're grinding all the time, do you think there's a there's a social pressure f- like through social media where people think actually I should be doing that? Yeah. So uh, you know you know YouTube recommendations. Yeah. How many how many of you love a YouTube recommendation? <laughs> it's like I don't know what to watch, so I'm going to let YouTube tell me what to watch. So I was on YouTube uh, just a couple days ago actually, and uh, there was this video, and of course you know like. Um, the, th- the thumbnail, I yep. believe they call it. Yeah, yeah. And then the title is, you know, clickbait to our generation. And so there was a photo of Kobe Bryant. And I think the graphic said something like, I w- woke up at 4 a.m. every day. Or something like that. That's early. That is early. Any any 4 a.m.ers? No, of course not. <laughs> Just I thought Megan, your hand was kind of going to go up there because of like... Having kids. I was going to say, that's because of the kids. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not choice. Um, but I, I think that kind of does speak to the social pressure. Yeah. Um, I think there is a social pressure on being busy. Um, and and I've, I've felt this before, and I don't know if anyone else can relate, but when somebody asks you, like, what have you been up to? Or what did you do today? You almost like feel like you've got to say, "Oh man, I've had a busy day." Oh, it's been so full. It's been so full. So there is something I think, isn't there, where it's like, if we if we if we've not been busy, we almost feel like bad, or there's there's been I don't know. Is there something wrong with me? Is mm-hmm. there something I'm not doing? Yeah. Um, and somebody, somebody once said this, and, and, and so hopefully you'll find this helpful tonight, because I found this helpful. Um, you can be busy, but are you actually being effective? 
good question. So I can say I'm busy, and the reality is, like, we could all find things to keep us busy. Life is not short of activities and options. Yeah. The real question is, am I being effective? It's a good question. Um, and so to answer your question, I think there is a, a, a social pressure. Yeah. I felt it, where it's like, well, actually, today I had more of like a, you know, like a, a preparation day, a thinking day, a studying day. So I wouldn't say it was busy, but I feel like I've got to tell you it was busy. <laughs> Otherwise, you might question, you know, what have I been doing with my life? Yeah, past eight hours. I think, like, if, if someone asks you, like you say, like you, you feel like you've got to fill the gaps. You can't just say, I just chilled out for a bit. I did nothing. Yeah. When actually that's okay. And I think yeah. there, there comes to a point where like you get overexposed to social media or friends who like I don't know run their own business and they literally have to work twelve, fourteen hours a day. Um, and then you get into the habit of having to say yes. And you just go, oh, well, I've got an hour there, so yes, I'll do it. Yeah. When actually, we all have the power to say no. Yeah. And it becomes a behavior trait where you go, my time is the most important thing to me, so I'm going to just look after that. And if I can look after that, then I can look after you. Yeah. But there's a power of saying no. Yeah. And uh, one of the um, notes that we talked about is that if you don't own your schedule, someone else will. That's right. Was that your note? Yeah, it was a really good one, so probably. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, yeah. Can I just say something on the yes and the no? Of course you can. Um, Your your yes is only as powerful as your no. So if, if, if you say yes to everything, your yes loses its significance. But if you're known to say no to certain things, when you do say yes, it makes your yes all the more special. Yeah, it does. So if every opportunity that comes our way is a yes, 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 I want to fill my schedule, I want to look busy, I want to do this, I want to do that, um, your yes doesn't hold as much power as if you're known to actually go, thank you, but on this occasion, no thank you. Um, it actually increases the power of your yes. Um, so, yeah, if you don't own your, own your schedule, somebody else will. Um, we had a guest come to our church uh, a few years ago. Some of you will have been here. His name was, uh, or name is Pastor Charles Neiman. Um, and he's been leading a church now for decades and has a phenomenal church and I remember we were driving in the car and it was the first time that we'd met him um, and we'd heard that he was uh, really into his fitness and uh, he was I think pushing on I think he's in his 60s maybe even pushing towards 70 possibly I'm glad you said that because I was going to say Charles Neiman isn't he the really old one (laughs) (laughs) don't say that he might be listening um, hey Charles, looking good. But yeah, but fitness was like a real big thing to him, and so we w- we were getting to know him. And uh, somebody in the car they said, um, "So what do you enjoy doing in your spare time?" And so he he listed um, like a couple of things. Um, and somebody in the car went, "Oh, and fitness," as it, as in to say, "And you do fitness, don't you, in your spare time?" And I remember he said this. And he said, no, 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 um, I don't do fitness in my spare time, I do fitness in my time. Wow. And when he said that, it was like, you know when someone says something and you're like, oh, <laughs> I like that. The car just goes boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, no, that's, that's my time. And uh, what he was basically getting at is, is that's important to me, therefore it's going to be in my schedule. Uh, I'm not going to do it as and when I can get round to it. I'm not going to do it, you know, if if I've got enough time left at the end of the week or at the end of the day. It's like no, no, no. That's that's firmly that's firmly in uh, in my schedule. So, I think uh yeah, if if you don't own it, somebody else will. Um you know, I 
I think if I can give like practical handles, one of the things that's helped me is I actually allot time at the towards the end of a week to build my schedule for the next week. And one of the things that I actually add into the schedule is rest. Um, because I think people are frightened of rest because rest doesn't feel like a thing. Do you or, know what I mean? Or productive. Or productive. Um, and so, like, for instance, if you were to say to me, what are you doing, you know, let's say next Thursday evening, like, are you free next Thursday evening? I would actually, at this point, because I've set my schedule, I would say I'm not. If you were to press me, what are you doing? I would actually say it's my time off. It's my night off. Um, and I think if we don't treat that importantly, what we'll do is we'll just fill our calendar with things that feel productive and beneficial. And I think oftentimes we just we feel guilty about resting. Um, but if we feel guilty about resting, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, God creating the world, God didn't rest on day seven because God needed to rest like God doesn't need anything he's God uh but the reason I think he rested on one day out of seven is actually to model hey if I'm God and I can rest you're human (laughs) you should too um so I think number one don't feel guilty about resting um, number two, be intentional about rest. And number three, don't feel bad if somebody presses you to be like, oh, so what are you doing? I'm just taking time off. I'm just taking time off. Um, and I think, you know, like it's actually one of the most unselfish things we can do. And this is a point that I'll give you credit for in the notes. Because um, you talked about how... And, and maybe you can elaborate on this. If you actually don't ca- take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. So, so rest, we feel like rest is selfish, but rest is actually unselfish. Because it fuels me to fuel you. Yeah. So for me, in my circumstance, I think something that's important to me is actually a bit opposite to the rest factor. But going back to the Charles Neiman bit about what's important in my schedule... So I've just had a daughter, Nelly, with Leah. Um, <laughs> thanks. Good job. <laughs> um, but one of my non-negotiables is going to the gym. Now, I know that I can't go on the night time. I don't like going on night time. But for me to be me in terms of being the best dad that I think I can be, the best husband that I think I can be, I have to be in the gym early doors, before work, because then I know then that will make me feel good and vi- me feel me, so then I can look after home. Yeah. And it's really important to me to kind of lock that in and, like, you know, there's some people who want, like, calls early in the morning before, like, the day starts for work, or they're like, oh, can you come here or do this? I'm just like, no, because I need that. Now, not saying that that is, like, the be-all and end-all in terms of if, you know, there's something really important and, like, things do come at us various different angles, I will just have to go... Not today, but tomorrow I'm not missing it because one of the rules, one of the rules of some that I have is that you never miss two days. Because if you do, then you just get into that habit of, oh, yeah, that's fine. I've missed two now. I can miss three. I can miss four, and then all of a sudden, your non-negotiable is not even being negotiated anymore. But back to your point about if I can't look after me and rest, and if I can't sort me out, then I can't do what I want to do for my family or for church or even this. Then you're not looking after your own schedule for then you to live the life that you want to live. You know, if, if, you, if you wake up in the morning and go, what's really important to my life? A, B, C. But what do I need to do to then get to A, B, C? And it links back to the goal thing as well because what's really important to me is being good husband, good dad, good in my job, want to perform in the gym. Everything else, come to church on Sunday. <sighs> my two non-negotiables are uh, gym and church, but if I, if I don't do them then I know that I'm 
not doing what is good for me and then I will just burn out because those are the core of who I am. And it's not saying like, you know, you all need to get up in the morning, you know, go to the gym, etc. because that's not what I'm saying, but find out what's important to you so then you can be you because you will be your strongest when you're owning your schedule. Because if you don't, literally to the point, your schedule will own you and you're running around like a headless chicken and you're just like, oh man, I can't cope and this isn't for me and I can't do this and I really want to do that, but I've said yes and now I'm being a yes man and, and to the power of, Yes. If you don't say no, then it's just going to literally take over you. Um, should we talk non-negotiables? Go on then. So I think it's important to determine your non-negotiables. Because um, when you do feel like life can get on top of you, um, and, you know, we all have different capacities. I think that needs to be said. Like, some of us have got larger capacities than others. Um, one of the things that I started to to uh, think about in the last couple of years is my capacity. Because some sometimes I found myself saying no to things that I should have actually been saying yes to. But the reason I felt like I had to say no to them is because I was kind of like cuddling my capacity. You know, you, like, oh, no, 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 you can't get any bigger. You just stay right where you are. And so actually when I started to even ask God, God help my capacity to increase, then I actually started yes, saying yes to things I should have been saying yes to. But I was just like, oh no, I don't, I don't have the time. But actually, I just had a small capacity. Um, so we all have different sized capacities, but all of our capacities can grow. And I think it's a, it's a good desire to have that your capacity grows as you grow. Um, but non-negotiables, I think, are important because when you, we, when you feel like life gets on top of you. Um, here's the thing that I find. When life gets on top of you, people are often quick to dump uh, the wrong things. And that's why I think before you get to the point of feeling like life's too heavy, you've got to determine what am I never gonna what am I never gonna give up? Yeah. So for you it's like the gym, church, um, you know, those are the non-negotiables. So you're not going to get tired and go, you know what, I'm feeling tired, so therefore I'm going to stop going to the gym because it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Or I'm tired, so I'm going to lie in on Sunday and not go to church. Mm-hmm. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, so what you end up doing is that you then, you then work with the negotiables. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to determine what yours are what are my negotiables? What are my non-negotiables? So in a time of feeling, man, I just, I've got a lot going on right now. I need to maybe cut back in some areas. Okay, I've determined these are the areas of my life that I'm not going to touch because they're important for me. Um, but these are the areas that I can actually work with. Is this making sense? Yeah. It becomes a bit like a... Um I say like Tetris, where you, you start <laughs> to, where you, where, no, yeah, but you yeah, have yeah. like that foundation, and you're trying to build like the solid block, which is you, and then all this stuff comes raining in these invites, these socials, family, work, study, whatever. Yeah. And you have to try and fit it in, but what are, what important blocks are coming down, and what are the ones where you just go, you know what, that ain't fitting. Yeah. And it doesn't have to fit. Yeah, yeah. And it's but okay I'm not touching the foundation because that is solid. Yeah. And there's no gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tetris. There you go. <laughs> but if you've not determined your foundation, yeah. you may actually rip it out thinking that'll help, yeah. but it'll actually do you more harm mm-hmm. than good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Non-negotiables. Fix them. <laughs> Just thinking about two, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about goals. Uh, by a show of hands, who has actually got some goals written down and is working towards something? Quite a few, to be fair. There's more than I thought. 
Um, so what I want to talk about is that um, we all, we're all striving for that next thing and we're all trying to get to that result. But I think it's the, the drive of getting to the result which burns us out versus enjoying the journey and actually like reflecting really as good. we go through. Um, so in work, personally, I'm trying to get to X level and I know that this is the journey that I'm going to have to navigate to get through, the moves I'm going to have to make to get to where I want to be in the business. Um, but I can run it at 100 miles an hour and I won't get there because I will literally just burn out and I'll be like, right, I've had enough and I actually hate the place now. <laughs> when actually I've been there for me personally 12 years, I really enjoy the, the place, the culture, etc. But I know that I'm on a journey and it's not fixated on that point because if I do fixate on where I want to get to, I could work 24-7 and it's still not going to get me there. Probably it's going to hold me back Yeah. because I'm not thinking about the journey. I'm like, okay, so I map out a bit like you for a week Mm -hmm. I know at the start of the year when my busy periods are going to be. So if I've got a contract renewal in August, I know that from like May to August, they are going to be relentless and it's going to be like my whole role focuses on that contract renewal. Yeah. So I know that then in, in like September, October, I'm okay just to take my foot off the gas and coast a little bit because then I just re-energise in that season. And also then before that, I'm kind of like, right, so what foundation do I need before I go into this work life of it's literally going to consume me but it's over like a longer period because I think a week's great because you can manage your schedule and to the power of yes like who gets your yeses and who gets your noes but over the longer view you need to think about right I know that that month is going to be I'm out every single weekend I've got something going on I've got the young adult social then the next week I've got something then I've got a busy week of travelling and then it's like right where am I actually going to put in where I just take my foot off the gas. Yeah. And take that time back for myself. Yeah. That's good. I think that's a really good point. You, you, you have the goal so in your sights that you fail to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Um, like for me, a, a practical example, and this is a very short-term thing, um, but it's just one that I can think where I've felt the journey versus goal kind of thing play out in my own life. So for me, like one of the things that will um, take up a l you know a fair chunk of my time is when I speak on a Sunday. So you know it's maybe a, th a forty minute message equates to maybe ten hours of preparation. Mm -hmm. So I know when when the week when it comes to the week of speaking, I've got that you know preparation, um, and like there have been times when I've been quite in intense about it, like so so kind of translate this into your context. So what is like what is something you need to get over the line? What is something you need to have complete? And so for me, on in this instance, it's like, um, okay, so I know by Saturday night, you know, this has got to be done. Um, and so, you know, you, you're preparing in the week. And then let's say, you know, like, I don't know, family pop around. But it's like I've got... I've got this project, if you want to call it that, yeah. that I need to get complete. Um, so I could either just keep working, keep working. Sorry, I can't, can't talk, can't, you know, spend time with you, whatever. But then I had to realize, like, do do I want to be that guy? Do I want to get to the end of the week with a complete message? But I was just too intense on the journey of getting there or do I actually want to go you know what you you can breathe and you cannot work at such a pace where you're actually neglecting the people around you yeah and the joy that surrounds you and you can actually lift your head off the page for a moment and just appreciate what God's and who God's put around you um so that's a very short term thing 
but it's just to say I don't, I don't want to get to the end of the goal, whether the goal is a 10-hour goal, whether it's a seven-day goal, a 52-week goal, and go, yeah, I got there, but... At the price of... At the price of... I no longer have a great relationship with or, you know, my health, you know, took a back seat or... So I, I I just think yeah we we do have to go you know what for me sermons will come and go for you projects will come and go but there are certain things in this life which are gonna continue yeah and those are the things that I want to invest most into so yeah let's enjoy the journey amen and hit the goal <laughs> come on yeah um what. What are your biggest, I suppose, tells when you're starting to get burnt out as a person? So w- what's the first thing that you notice that goes awry? Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully, like, uh, my my dad is very good at telling and seeing signs. Um, and often he'll actually call it out in me before I see it in myself. Okay. Um, I think a couple of things that I've noticed, I wake up tired, but I've had a good night's sleep. So I've, it's not like I've slept, you know, four hours. It's like I've slept seven, eight hours, but I still wake up tired. Okay, yeah. Um, that's a, a telltale for me. Um, I'd love eight hours. I know, yeah. All the parents were like, oh, I wish. <laughs> that's three nights sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um... I get, I, I probably jump into conflict quicker with people, like, like I'm less compassionate. Okay. You know what I mean. Shorter fuse. Yeah, sh- that's what I'm looking for. Shorter fuse. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of you know less small talk and more just coming for you. <laughs> um. So I think those are a couple of, you know, I just, I, I can often tell it physically. Um, but can I, can I say this? Because this has really helped me recently, and I think it might help you as well. Um, how many of you have heard of time management? Just put your hand up. Okay. Um, how many of you have heard of energy management? Okay, so for our audio listeners, pretty much every hand in the room went up for time management. No hands went in the air for energy management. Yep. I heard this concept start to be talked about in the last couple of years. And I'm, I've by no means studied it. I'm not up to speed on all the findings. and But it, it's basically like... Um, it's basically like... So time management, let's say you've got, you know... Uh, you've got a 24-hour day, but, you know, for all of us non-marrieds and non-parents, eight hours of that is sleeping. <laughs> so we've got 16 hours to play with, okay? So you may yeah. go, well, eight hours is work. Mm-hmm. You know, you may go, I don't know, one hour is um, reading, uh, one hour I'm eating, you know, so that that's like time management. So, you know, one hour's downtime, whatever. So you, you, you're plotting... Your en- uh, your time, mm-hmm. um, and and oftentimes, so for me, like I can plot my time well, but still feel really tired. And I'm like, but hang on a second, I've factored in rest. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. haven't gone full steam ahead. Why do I feel whacked? Yeah, and it's because what I've done is I've only thought about time and not thought about energy. So let me give you a, an example, and I'm sorry to use the same analogy but it's just enter my world for a moment so so you could say okay so if i were to preach a message and let's say it's 30 minutes Mm -hmm. so you would say in a calendar that's 30 minutes of work um i once heard a statistic that 30 minutes of public speaking equates to eight hours of nervous energy so when I've spoken for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, 
it, it honestly feels like I've done a day's work. Now, if you look at time management, you would go, but you've only worked 30 minutes. Yeah. But if you look at energy, I've worked a full day. And so one of the things that I've started to consider is not just how my physical calendar looks, but how much energy do the things in that calendar take? So I've started to ask the questions of myself, what do I do that takes the most energy? So like, for instance, speaking would be one, or another thing that takes a lot of energy from me would be leading a meeting. So if you know we're around a table with a team, that takes a lot of energy. I may not be, it may not look like I'm doing a lot or saying a lot, but what is going on internally, the nervous energy, mm-hmm. like it takes a lot. So again, I could go, well, you know, the meeting was two hours, that's two hours worth of work, but in reality, it's a lot more energy expenditure. Energy expenditure. So if I have a meeting 7 till 9 p.m. on an evening, and then 9 a.m. the next morning, I'm doing something that's, again, re- like really energy consuming, then have a guess what's going to happen. It may look like four hours worth of work on paper, but it's actually probably more like six or eight hours worth of energy. So, now you may be thinking this just feels like a little bit up in the air, but... Genu- the more I've started to consider it myself, the more I've realized this is this is actually a thing. Um, so what I would say to you is don't just look at what am I doing, but actually look at what are the things that I'm doing that really take my energy um, and, and consider that and, and then build your schedule around that. Now, not all of us have total flexibility and I get that but just bear that in mind don't just look at hey that was an hour's worth of work because that hour you like could could drain you of everything and then you're like why am I so tired I only worked an hour but actually what it took from you energy wise was was far greater so that that just to say don't just look at time management actually look at the way you manage your energy and I found that really actually start to help me that's good that is yeah yeah. I think also just to bolt on as you were talking about that I was thinking so so kind of blending the two together you you could look at okay so what's going to take the most amount of energy and when am I performing at my best yeah so if you're a I don't know afternoon person once you've had a nice lunch that then you go now now I've like fully woken up I'm absolutely at it then you put your higher energy expenditure tasks in that kind of slot. That's good. Instead of the morning when you're a bit groggy and you've only been out of bed an hour and you go, oh, yeah, man, this is going to take ages and I'm just not <laughs> up for this. Yeah. Where if you put it to when you're at your peak, you probably spend less time on there anyway because you can just do it, you're locked in, get it done, see you later. That's good. Um, something that I want to talk about is that when um, you're running your life at 100 miles an hour um, how many of us actually like stop and just take some time to yourself even if it's like 5 or 10 minutes in the day by a show of hands how many people do that a couple we're getting there okay so probably like 5 or 6 out of 30-35 people so something that I just want to talk about is um, my days feel busy. They take a lot of energy. It's like if, even if it's just like teams and stuff, it feels like I go from call to call to call, um, which is great because people think, oh, you know, you just be on the laptop. You know, you just, yeah, it's great. But that for me takes more energy than getting energy in a face-to-face environment because I actually get something back from you. Yeah. Um, the power of like the 10 minutes, that if you just take 10 minutes to yourself and in those 10 minutes... Like no phone, no music, nothing, apart from you and God. But you don't even have to speak to him because he will just speak to you in those 10 minutes. But how often do we take the time to literally unplug from the world? So in our house, I've got like an office. It's great. There's like post-it notes. It's quite busy. It's 
got what I need to do on the day, what I haven't done in the day, what I haven't done from last week. I'm thinking, oh, man, I need to do that and fit that in somewhere. And it's quite, I don't say hectic, but that's kind of the way I work. There's loads of things around me, and it prompts me to then go onto that task and stuff. If I go into Nellie's room, she's not there. She's downstairs with Leah. Great. But I can take 10 minutes in that room, and there's nothing in there to distract me. No phone. There's no post-it notes about the work I haven't done. There's no TV. There's, there's, there's like nothing. But there's a chair in there, and that's all I need, and I'll just sit there, and I'll just listen. And when I come out of those 10 minutes, and it's 10 minutes, I mean, we can all give 10 minutes. Well, oh, yeah, I'm really busy. I haven't got time to do that. I haven't even had time to make a cup of tea today. But if you wanted to, you could. You just didn't want to. But those 10 minutes will then power me for like the next six hours. And taking that 10 minutes just to sit there, close your eyes, don't fall asleep. Close your eyes, get plugged in, and just listen. Everything starts to unravel in your head where you just go, actually, yeah, that actually is not important. That can just get boxed away. And then the stuff that's really important, God, you, and then work, or then whatever's going on, gives you then that chance to re-energize and then go again for the next six hours. So that's something that's helped me personally. And I, I feel really fortunate because I can go in that room, shut the door, sit down, and there's nothing. Um, but I would always be an advocate of just taking those 10 minutes. If you're in an office in a busy work environment and there's no nice armchair, get out of the building, just go for a walk, get in the car park. If you, yeah, if you're in Britain, take an umbrella. It's a bit unpredictable. <laughs> but get out. Get out from your colleagues. Like a lot of people will say, oh, let's go grab a coffee. But when you're sitting down with someone, you're having to talk to them. You're having to take a vested interest in their life. You're talking about work. You're talking about whatever. Take that time for yourself. And you don't even have to talk. Let God talk to you. That's good. Can I go back to one thing that you said? You're asking, like, can I? And you can do whatever you like. I don't know. You're the host. I feel I have to ask permission. You may, Caleb Birchall. Excuse me, sir. Yes. Um... Can we talk about these? Yeah. So it's a mobile phone for the it audio is. listeners. Yeah, for the audio, the radio listeners. Um, so for me, like, I cannot properly rest if this is switched on. Like, for me personally. I wonder why you never text me back. <laughs> I thought it was just a personal thing. Caleb, what are you doing? <laughs> Two days later. I'm good, how are I've you? I've been resting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Like, for me now, it's got to the point where there's like there's there's like an emotional connection to this phone, where even if I'm not looking at it, but it's switched on, it it like I still don't feel as rested, like I physically have to t turn it off, um, and so I think like environments, like you say, matter, yeah, where where you rest matters, how you rest matters, um, so. You know, for me, it's like turning this off. I actually feel like I get a good rest. Um, and, you know, so for me, like scrolling social media, not you know, texts and emails aside, but even scrolling social media, like it's just not restful. Because then I start looking at what every, everybody else is doing and then I start comparing and I start getting mad at people. Like, why are you doing that when you should be doing this? Um, you know, so it's like just... And and but I think the important thing is just recognizing it. Yeah. So I've recognized it for me. Do you need to recognize it for you that there is actually a connection between unrest and your mobile phone? And when you have that allotted time, whether it's ten minutes, whether it's a day off, whatever it is, do you need to turn it off, put it in the drawer, come back at it in how it, however long? Or maybe you're not like me and maybe it, it doesn't have the same impact. But I just think how you rest, where you rest it's matters. It's that recognition of like what actually is keeping you connected. Because for you, it's your phone. For someone else, it could be just a TV in the background or yeah. whatever. But it could just be the room that you're in because there's just stuff going on. Or it's like, oh, there's some washing down there. I'm just not going to look at it. <laughs> but it's still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're still like surrounded by it. So you need to just take yourself out of it or just do your washing, I suppose. Do the washing. Um, I did have a question then, but it's completely gone out of my head. Do you want to do Q&As? Go for it, and it might come back from this. Any Q&As? 
from I'm anyone. I'm going to run around with a mic. Anyone bold? Anyone bold enough to be the first one? We've got a hand. Yes. Uh, thanks a lot for the talk, guys. It was really interesting. Anytime. Um, I'd like to sort of expand on what you were just talking Why about. Why have you left me up here by myself? <laughs> Okay, I feel this one, like this one's specifically for Thomas here. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was actually going to ask a question about how do you remain restful in the rest. So, that's good. as someone who's sort of taken on quite a lot myself recently, I've found that sometimes when I've been resting, it hasn't been restful, and yeah. sometimes it has been very restful, and I've felt you know, ready for the next day. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've kind of gone into like foam usage. Specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there like other examples or I guess other general ideas that you would have in mind to maximize the, rejuven- the rejuvenation? Yeah, rate, yeah, so that's good. It's a great question. Um, I think, uh, and by no, can we just say like, by no means do we think we're experts on this subject. <laughs> no. It was actually, it was actually the people who asked for this topic. So we're just giving the people what they want. I've got a culture on that flipping time. <laughs> um, we joked, actually, that the people who requested the burnout topic are not here tonight because they're burnt out. They're too tired. Over um, <laughs> the bubble bath. Um, so I think it comes down to like knowing what tops your tank up and, and knowing like who, who you are as an individual. So for me, okay, this might be controversial. Okay. Oh, Come on. One, if you were to ask me, Kayla, what's your number one hobby? Uh, top two. One of them would be shopping. Okay. It is what it is. Hate if you want to hate. Um, so for me, like, if I go shopping, that tops up my tank. Like, just... <laughs> Greg's Greg, there going, I Greg's cannot like, relate I cannot <laughs> relate. Um, but I'm saying that to say you've got to find out what, what it is for you. And then do that. Because it, it is true, like, time off will not equate to rest. Unless you use the time off to do what makes you rest. So I think it's really just finding what, like, what do you enjoy? Now, to like, you know, to you it may be something that n- somebody else is like, man, that would be, like, the worst thing ever for me. But it's cool, because rest time is my time. So what tops me up? What rejuvenates me? Um, when I turn my phone off, it actually means that I go to bed early. Do you ever go to bed early and then actually not go to sleep early because you're like, oh my word, I've just been scrolling for like 60 minutes in bed. <laughs> yep. um, so turning this off actually means I get to bed earlier, yep. which means I get a better sleep, which means I wake up rested the next morning. So um, I just think finding out what, what works for you. Um, would be would be my answer. It doesn't have to be rest that people per se as as no. rest. It's like shopping for me, killer. It's a long old day. <laughs> it's a lot of steps. <laughs> but for you, it genuinely gives you energy and you come back and go, Yeah, I had a really good day off and now I'm I'm ready to go yeah, again. Yeah. Where it doesn't have to be Sat at home watching Netflix no. in your fluffy slippers, Greg. It can we just know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's whatever gives you energy, and if that's something like super active, yeah, yeah. so be it. I'm not. Uh, I might sound a bit one-dimensional, but going to the gym, I'd come out feeling better than if I missed it, and if I had those extra two hours in bed, because I would feel worse yeah, yeah. for not going. Now, for someone else, getting up at, like, five and going to the gym is like, flip, nah, no way. Mm-hmm. I'll be shattered. Hey, yeah. But for me, that is my energy source to then crack on with the day. Yeah, yeah. So well, I think you've just got to realise what, yeah, works for you. Good question. Any other questions? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anyone want to ask for a friend? <laughs> Who's too shy to ask? <laughs> Cool. There you go. No? Ash, you've obviously done such a good job that everybody's well fed. Everyone's fed asleep because they're burnt out. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to say that isn't that hasn't been said already? 
Um, I'm choosing what to say and what not to say. <laughs> Go for it. Come on. Um, okay, so we're in a church context. Yeah, um, I'm aware that there are people listening that aren't churchgoers, yep. aren't Christians, which is, you know, we're so glad that they're part of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, burnout becomes this popular phrase. Um, And I think we have to be careful that we don't become people who overuse it. Um, Because, you know, if you were to pull in, you know, somebody who lived in in another time, they'd probably look at us and go, come on, guys. (laughs) You know, like, you've got it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think there are, there are genuine instances where we are burnt out. And there are... And I'm saying this because I'm talking to me. Mm. So, this is not me me as someone who's never done this talking to people who, who you know, who do it. But for my own... Le- let me just talk to me. For my own life, there have just been moments where I've just had to get over it. <laughs> Where I've labelled myself as burnt out, where I've labelled myself as I'm doing too much, mm-hmm. and I've just had to get over it. Yeah, and 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 to be quite frank, get over myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we have to discern, you know, where where we are on that spectrum, and 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 not not become the burnt out generation, and it be kind of becomes this get out clause. Um, and if we can also just quickly go back to the n- the non-negotiable thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, you said church was a non-negotiable. For me, obviously, church would be a non-negotiable, and that's not like a leader talking or a staff member or a pa- that's just a Christian talking. Yeah, um, it's it is easy to blame the church for your burnout, and I think we have to be very careful. Um, about doing that. Shall I read that Instagram post? Go for it. Let's read this Instagram post. So, um, uh, Nathan Finocchio, who is an awesome guy. I thought you uh, revised this and was just going to... No, sorry, it's, no. it's long. Um, <laughs> he, he, he actually, someone asked him this question on Instagram. Uh, we had him come and speak in December and he's coming again in May the Mankind Conference, and someone asked him a question on Instagram, how do you deal with serving every week, speaking about church and feeling burnt out? Mm-hmm. And I love what he said. He said, I've never blamed burnout on the honor of serving God by building the church and doing kingdom things. Listen to this. Burnout happens when I'm not taking care of me. And that's so important because it's easy to go, oh, it's the external factors that's without good. actually looking at me going, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What could I be doing better? So I don't blame the church. I don't blame God. But I actually look in the mirror and go, what could I be doing better? So he says this. Um, so burnout happens when I'm not taking care of me. I'm not sleeping properly. Not managing my time well. I like his honesty. Drinking too much. Eating bad food. Watching too much TV not getting exercise, not doing recreational things that rejuvenate me. So he's going, all, all these things are factors, not, not church. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, you know, when I served voluntarily for nearly 20 years, going to practices, because I know he was a musician, and leaving sometimes 10 services a week. Let that sink in. Wowza. 10 services a week. I never blamed church for burnout. Um, And so I think we actually have to go, because, again, for us, like, church is the non-negotiable. You have to determine what are the non-negotiables. So if if I'm feeling burnt out, I'm not going to go, well, I'm just going to stop going to church, or I'm not going to stop serving, or I'm not... Because actually... Those are the things that are going to rejuvenate you. The Bible says he yep. who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. But the thing about the way God works is God works backwards a lot of the times to how our mind works. 
So we go, okay, I'm tired, so I'm going to cut back in this area. But God's going, actually, if you push forward in that area, that's the very area that's going to bless you. Yeah. doesn't make sense to the human mind, but it's how God operates. Um, so I think we have to look a lot more at the practical things. How's my sleep? How's my rest? How's my eating? How's my exercise? Yeah. How much time am I spending on social media? Um, does anyone get nervous when your screen time notification comes up oh, on a Monday man. morning? And it's like, uh-oh, how much time did I spend last week? And the percentage has gone up. And you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Increase, oh no. <laughs> but like in all seriousness, those are the things I think we have to be judging before you know, we, we jump in and go, well, I've got to pull back in this area. Uh, actually, those are the areas that are probably going to do you more good if you stick at them. Um, so I'm just I'm speaking to a uh, a group of you know predominantly churchgoers. Again, not everybody listening will be. I'm speaking to someone who's grown up in church my whole life. Um, so I'm kind of speaking to my people, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> like we can relate. Um, but I just think we have to be careful not to overuse burnout as an excuse, as a get-out clause, and we have to be careful not to blame it on the church because you are, you determine your schedule. You determine what you say yes to. You determine what you say no to. Um, so, yeah. I'm just going to finish on this one line that was one of the worship songs today and I added it to the notes. Can you sing it for us? Oh, no. Who wants Ash to sing That's the one line? The- I was, I was Give the people what they want. I can't actually remember the name of the song. <laughs> but it says, I have the authority Jesus has given me. We've all got it. What's the name of the song? <laughs> there you go. I was going to say <laughs> authority. <laughs> <laughs> but we've all been given it. It's up to us to take it. You know, that it's a given. We've all got that authority to take that control decision it's up to us if we don't utilize it Mm -hmm. and i think that's the important thing yep we done i think so burnt out jokes 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 (laughs) can we give a a massive round of applause for caleb birchall please Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Adult Podcast. Any feedback, please send to ya at championschurch.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Caleb, again for coming and speaking some powerful words for us. Um, And we look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Thanks, Ashley. Over and out.